Hi friend, welcome to episode 39 of Organize with Grace. Today I am going to play an interview for you that I did with a friend and former colleague of mine, Tambura Hill, and we are talking about workplace burnout, how to recognize it, and what to do about it. So like I said, Tambura is a friend of mine and a former colleague. He worked at where I currently work, which is a nonprofit organization that serves those with developmental disabilities. His role was in the quality assurance department, where he monitored the health and safety of our consumers, especially those who may not have family nearby or no family at all to look after them. He's a wonderful advocate for the population that we serve. And what you're about to hear is his personal experience and journey in and through workplace burnout. And the purpose of this episode is to bring awareness and hopefully to help you stop, assess, and recognize where you are regarding workplace burnout. Now, you might be wondering why I chose to have a male guest talk about burnout first. There wasn't really a formula to it, honestly. It was something that Tambura and I came upon um, as we got reconnected. Um, So though we have our unique ways of experiencing it based on who we are. I do firmly believe that this is a human phenomenon of human experience that is happening to so many of us, male or female, um, of different backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds. And, you know, COVID didn't help either. <laughs> My desire for you is to take care of yourself in every way possible to prevent it. But If you have burned out or if you find yourself in the middle of it, are burning out, know that there is hope. And just by you listening to this means that you are willing to take the steps necessary to take care of yourself. I'm rooting for you, my friend. Take a listen to this episode and know that you are not alone in this journey. Welcome back to Organize with Grace podcast. Do you feel like you're always struggling to get it together? Do you feel like you're burning the candle at both ends, feeling completely disorganized in your home and life, that it's starting to affect you mentally and emotionally? Well, you've come to the right place if you need encouragement, easy and simple organization tips, or you just want to know that you're not alone in this season of life. Hi, I'm Grace Ramon, your fellow working mom and professional organizer. I believe in you, friend. You can get it together. Now let's get organized. Now, before I begin with Tambora, I wanted to provide you with a quick uh, summary or a quick definition from the Mayo Clinic about burnout. And they said, specifically job burnout. Job burnout is a special type of work-related stress, a state of physical or emotional exhaustion that also involves a sense of reduced accomplishment and loss of personal identity. Burnout, quote unquote, isn't a medical diagnosis. Some experts think that other conditions such as depression are behind burnout and researchers 
uh, point out that individual factors such as personality traits and family life influences who experiences job burnout. Tambora, welcome to Organize with Grace. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So provide us with a little bit of your story and then we'll, you know, as we go, we'll weave that into how, um, you know, this could be a really powerful um, podcast episode regarding burnout because it has to do with, um, you know, your personal experience that, you know, so that it may help those who are, you know, who may be feeling it at this time. So tell us more about you, Tambora. Oh, okay. My name's Tambora Hill. Um, I uh, worked for uh, 14 years from uh, October 2007 to November uh, 2020. Um, my primary role was quality assurance. So in that uh, area, we essentially uh, support our programs, our vendor programs, in providing services for the consumers about, I'd say about 11, I don't know if it's between 11, between 11 and 13,000 people in the five county area, all different types of things that have to do with a uh, consumer's life. That was basically our role was to ensure that they were getting the services that, you know, the government, the taxpayer is paying for. You know, we're right. making sure that the laws are being followed and people are getting the services that they need to live and thrive. And uh, <clears throat> I had a, uh, for a good portion of my uh, career, it was pretty uneventful. And there was a period where there was some, uh, for lack of a better word, there were just some questionable things. And I have to say this because that's where my journey kind of started into the whole uh, stress thing. You know, it was, uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh I made a, uh, some complaints and I went against the kind of status quo. And I know these kind of things lend to stress because you're stepping outside of the norm, you're stepping outside of the right. pen, you're stepping outside of direction. You're saying, Hey, you can't do this. And it's usually if it's for a larger uh, purpose, which in my case, it was the law, like this is against the law. <laughs> You know, and it, it turned into a, a tense environment for me, mm -hmm. and the work changed uh, from being about um, what we were doing and more about how well I was being um, received by my betters, and that lent a great deal to my stress because... The environment changed. It wasn't about productivity or the amount of work I was getting done or things like that. It was more about relationships and how people perceived me and whether or not I was some type of threat because I, you know, questioned things that were questionable. You, you I mean, and, you know, and I have to say part of our role was, you know, conducting investigations and stuff like that. We were trained. So part of, right. you know, so when you come up with something, you, it's formulaic and you keep coming up with, okay, two times two minus two is two, you know, and that's the formula, you know, across the board, that's the formula. 
But then you have somebody say, no, it's five. It's five. It's five because I say it's five. And when you get a lot of that with supervisors, it's five because I say it's five, not because I have any institution or any organization or any scientific method that supports my outcome. It's just it's five because I say it's five. And that lends a great deal of stress because now you have an opposition. Right. And I mean, I'm telling my story, but at the same time, uh, just to kind of wrap up that portion of it, I got uh, it was the environment became tense Mm -hmm. and oppositional. And I had to move to a different environment, still within the same organization, still within the same department, still dealing with the same people. But basically, I was I was moved over to an apartment that was kind of neglected. And I was just kind of in charge with working and bringing it up to standard, which I did. And, you know, within uh, three months of me taking over that environment, we got a million dollars in grants versus the previous years, 150,000, 200,000. So there was a huge increase. Mm -hmm. And I can say that, you know, I affected that because I, you know, I keep track and I looked and seen what they got this year, the year after I left, and it was only 300,000. So they went back to where it was at before, but I worked hard. Did it get better after that? Knowing that your, you know, your supervisor saw you're even in the midst of the pressure, your productivity, how did it happen after that? No, it it didn't get better because it was it was the environment was tense Mm -hmm. and it was tense because, number one, you you change the environment. You know, when you, you know, confront people on things and when you, you know, once you establish yourself as being someone that's not going along with things that, you know, you don't believe or you don't see as being right or, you know, they're not right, then you kind of put a mark on yourself. And even before then, I think that it was, it's the workload was ridiculous. You know, Mm -hmm. it was a lot of work Mm -hmm. and I know myself and a lot of people like me because you have a passion for what you do, you kind of wind up working for free. You know, it's just one of those things where, yeah. You know, I, you know, before this, I was a school teacher and there is no number of school teachers. You you can, I mean, every school teacher, you know, I, I, was, I taught for Stock Unified and I was like 14, 15 years ago, but they all put in a lot of extra time in the classroom because you want things to run a certain way. They spend money out of their own pocket because they want kids to have the materials they need. It's just yeah. part of the that that's part of the uh the culture. Yeah, and the it's helping the culture. helping profession, right? Yeah, yeah. helping yeah, and it, caring culture. Yeah, it's it, mm-hmm. it's a you cannot and and the, the odd part is or ironic ironic part is is my degree is in business administration with a concentration in finance, financial forecasting. So when you look at the two things, uh-huh. one you're always looking at the bottom line and nothing else matters but that bottom line. Naturally, it wasn't my nature, so I didn't drift that way. I moved more towards social, you know, the helping professions. Yes. Because I like to see people be successful. I like to see people improve their lives. I like to see, I believe that we're foundational in, you know, culture, in life. When you can lift people up and help them stay up, that in and of itself is it's a, it's a huge task. 
you know, I mean, it's, yeah. And it's, it's something you have to take a personal satisfaction with. You have to be able to say, Oh, I closed three cases today. Oh, I taught Johnny how to read today. Oh, I helped him get rid of this behavior. You have to be able to do all of these different things that don't necessarily, you know, you, you know, you win the, the golden bird or the golden key award because you, you know, so, you know, $500,000 this month, you know, I'm, right. I, I, I figured out later, I'm not wired that way. You know, mm-hmm. I can pick up all of the formulas and things like that, but I'm not wired towards just that bottom line outcome. I like to see the good things happening. It's something when you go into a guy's house and he's enjoying his meal and he's relaxing and you know, you're part of that effort, you know, cause that's yeah. what we do. We help people live a better life, you know, and sometimes there's correction in there and sometimes you have to, you know, it's, it's, it's a balance. It's a two edged sword, you know? So when I transitioned over, it was almost kind of like, a, uh, you know, I was at odds with, you know, at that time, my work community and I moved over here and this was basically an area that kind of had been neglected and it was like a fix for everybody you know, mm-hmm. including me, supposedly, because I was supposed to be moving into a new environment where I just did my work. But what wound up happening is there was a lot of work to do. And there was still these added expectations, because sometimes when you're in an environment and people feel like you, you, they create a um, expectation of you or identity of you. And it goes out that, you know, and it creates an uh, environment where people feel threatened by you. They're threatened by your, you'll say what's on your mind. You don't filter or you don't, hey, you can't do that, you know, or mm-hmm. we have to do this. And the environment change. So that's one of the things that's a key indicator for stress because mm-hmm. a lot of times in crisis, nobody listens to the very person they should be listening to. They don't listen to themselves. They don't say, hey, I'm in crisis. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's what I wanted to get into with you because I wanted to ask, like, when did you begin to kind of pay attention, have that self-awareness and and think like, oh, my goodness, like, am, am I getting heading into that um, into that state of, of burnout? When did it begin to happen for you? Well, it it, it, it happened when things happened that I made the complaints about because some, you know, some pretty, and I'm not getting into it, but just some pretty nasty stuff happened and it made me sick, you know? And I mean, when I tell you, I worked in a prison for nine years, they made me sick. It made me sick to my stomach. I I lost 40 pounds, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have it, you know, it was written down. Like I, like, I don't believe this is happening. So that was the thing where I was in an environment where things were happening and I thought I was supposed to be doing something and I couldn't change it. Okay. So it was kind of like distress. And I know people, the first thing you have to identify with stress is they, you have to really look at what is stress. Stress is short for distress. When you're in distress, you know, when you change the wording, like you, you know, you say stress, that's something new over the last 20, 30 years. But distress is the old word. That's when you look at the uh, etymology of the word, that's where it comes from. Stress comes from distress. And when you look at distress, 
it's like you can put yourself in an old fairy tale where you, you know you're the princess or something and it's a damsel in distress that means she in a situation she can't get out of got it so we're in situations that we can't get out of it's like you're drowning in something because you have no power to really change it mm-hmm. and it's the environment it's not something that you have created for yourself oh i have this caseload that I've been overlooking and I haven't been doing anything for the last six months. So I'm stressed out or I'm distressed. No, the environment has changed where, okay, we got all these new conditions and we got all these new things that need to happen, but we don't have new resources. We don't have new direction. We don't have new training. We don't have new anything to support completing the mission. It's like, you know, I was in the military. I was in the army for eight years. It's like sending somebody off to war Oh, you all have a uh, you all have a weapon. All you guys get an AR-15. We just waiting on that order of bullets. You know, as soon as we get that order of bullets, but you're in the danger zone. You over here and you just got to pretend and show them your weapon and tell them back away and try to intimidate them. But eventually, you know, you're in an environment where I'm not equipped to deal with this situation. This is yeah. a scenario where. I am unarmed, essentially, but you want me to go and take some type of action based on your interpretation of what I'm perceiving right in front of me. And that's why I say with crisis, the first person you have to listen to is yourself. You have to say, hey, I'm in crisis. That's right. And you mentioned, yeah, and you mentioned the physical effect. You said that you had lost 40 pounds. So, yeah. That was, I mean, to me, physically, um, being physically in distress is a big indicator of, you know, of you heading, of us heading into that burnout state. Oh, yeah. It, 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 oh, I'm sorry. It takes a physical toll on you yeah. because I didn't really, and I should say that in that, because in this period of time, and this was 2018, and it was in the height, all of this stuff was going on, I had to get my gallbladder out. I lost 40 pounds. And I went in, I couldn't move Mm -hmm. and I went in, they took my gallbladder out, you know, and I started, you know, regaining my health, you know, and it was like literally, literally while I was in in the hospital on the bed, somebody texted me to ask me something about follow up for, you know, something that was significant. And again, it was another issue like the stress was still there, you know, you got to go back into, and then you got to go back and while you, you're recuperating, you're trying to figure out what happened here because of somebody else's life. And it was, I mean, it was pretty important. It wasn't something like, oh, somebody didn't get their meal or something like that. It was something very, very significant. And uh, uh, it was added stress. And it was something like, I didn't know, I didn't allow myself because again, I didn't, I wasn't listening to myself yet. There I wasn't you go. Saying, so that's hey, I'm a, in that's where, yet. right, right. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm saying everything that's happening. Oh, I lost 40 pounds. Oh, I can't move. Mm-hmm. And oh, they had to cut my gallbladder out and all this stuff is happening, but I'm not listening to myself. I'm not listening to my body. I'm not listening to my interactions with people around me outside of, of work or fear. And I'm not listening to my irritability. I'm not listening to anything because I am in crisis and I'm still trying to figure out how do I react to all of this stuff coming at me 
and I'm doing what most people do. They just go forward and they keep yeah. working and they keep, you know, pushing forward and, you know, let me go ahead and take on, Hey, we need you to take two more cases. Hey, we need you. Oh, my leg went numb and I don't know what, ha- I think I just had a minor stroke, but I'm going to keep going because. And don't we do that? And we just kind of keep, we feel that, you know, we're the, we're, like you said, we are the last people that want to take care of ourselves. And I think mm-hmm. that that's why I wanted to, you know, just really get into this with you because it's, it's something that we all need to be aware of, um, among ourselves and just yeah. check in, check in with ourselves. Um, and so when you started to do that, what, what changed with you when you began to notice that, Hey, wait a minute, this is not healthy for me. Um, how um, did your I, journey I know, stayed in. with that? I, I did the worst thing you could possibly do. I stayed there mm-hmm. and I'm a Christian. So, I mean, and I believe like when you connected to God, God will send, he will tell you. I mean, at the very beginning, when all this stuff was going on, mm-hmm. it was like, you need to leave there. I mean, it was like a nagging voice. You need to leave there. You need to leave there. And I didn't listen. I wasn't listening to God. And I definitely wasn't listening to myself. And I just kept pushing through. Because once we get through the mission, once we get to the other side, everything's going to be better. But there is no other side. There is no other side to it. And and what happened was in 2018, they took my gallbladder out almost a, a year, a, a year to the day. A year later, they discovered colon cancer, oh. you know. So it's like I just kept going forward with all this negativity with all this bad energy, with all of this hopefulness that at some point somebody was going to come down and park the sea and separate, you know, all of this stuff and make it possible for me to just do my job and at the same time do it at a level where I can be happy and satisfied with the work that I'm doing, you know what I'm saying, and not not be overwhelmed Right. You know, because I think in a lot of times with a lot of environments, especially in the work we have, it's you have to look at the environment. Mm-hmm. Are you overwhelmed because they're overwhelming you? Because that's more than often that's the case. If McDonald's is selling a thousand hamburgers a day and they need 500 people to sell those thousand hamburgers a day in order for McDonald's to be successful, they have to hire 500 people. Correct. You know, <laughs> but when you get into social services and stuff like this, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. They don't do it. You need, I mean, they got laws. You you need uh, this many people to work with this many people. And there's a lot of, they ignore it. It's like, well, you know, and if the people don't know any better, because there is no bottom line. That's why I explained the other side of things. Is there's no bottom line. It's just money coming from somewhere and we can move it around wherever we want to. And we're not really looking at the fact that, okay, we probably need a lot more people to do this work than what we have. Right. You know, so we'll just keep giving people work and piling it on them. And that's kind of what happened to me because I'm working in this environment. And it's a ton of work. But the thing that I do have that a lot of people, I have developed a skill set over the years that 
I've mastered this work so I can do it effectively. Yeah. And and it's it's, you know, even if I have to work over or whatever, it's like, you know, if you've been doing some 10, 15, I know how to do it. But you still stress. You still it's still stress It's still, you know, I think the biggest distress that I ran into was, hey, I'm doing my job. And yeah. it turned into, well, you know, so that created, but the environment, that changed the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, running into that wall changed the environment. And then going into this new area and having all of this work to do, but at the same time, you have all of these different opinions, not work that's contributed to your work, opinions on your work, opinions yeah. on directions, directions and opinions and different thing and that's what's in 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 the in the helping industry we help yeah but a lot of time you don't get help helping you know what i mean right so now it's with and with that it sounds like it's to the point where your cup was empty and you know your your health was um in and really it was at risk and so mm. for you what was the turning point after that I struggled through because at the I think that that we work for and we hope for those attaboy moments. You know, they man, you're doing a great job. That attaboy moment, you get your because uh, all you really have in this area that we were in in social services is people recognizing the good your the good that you're doing. That's all you really get. You're not getting money. You're not doing it no. for money because you could go work anywhere else and make as much money or more money. You can get a job at, at Costco and Instacart, make more money you can make as a social worker or doing what I it, It's just that right. it's it's numbers. You can go and see that, you know. So all you really get is that good feeling that I'm helping somebody. Mm-hmm. So once they take that from you, and turn it into opposition and we need more and there's no real direction, you know, and it's just the environment has changed. You know, the environment, your particular environment has changed. It's turned into, I'm not doing enough. I'm not getting enough done. I'm not, even though you're doing a tremendous amount of work because it's evidence So now, yeah, so now you've begun to not only, you know, with your health, now it's your mind. You're telling, you're beginning to believe and you're telling yourself that I'm not doing well enough. I'm not doing this because we have a a certain standard that we, you know, that we work by. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is even more added pressure um, to Mm -hmm. eating into, into burnout. So yeah. It, the, the closer you are to burnout, the higher the level of accountability usually is on you. Where's this at? Where's that? Where's where are all these things at? And if you're not listening to yourself, if you're not listening to not just your body, not just your mind and and and, and your spirit and emotional, like oh, why am I so irritable? Why am I because Initially, you start off and you have this these great expectations and you like what you do 
And that's the hook. It's like being in a bad relationship. You know, you can see all of the great characteristics of this entity, this person, this this company, this area. You can see all of those things. But once you stop seeing all of those things, like, okay, there are no more smiles, no more good mornings, no more interaction, no more. It's just, you know, like a wall and it's it's a, a wall that you have to try to get over every day to see daylight and it's yeah. just piling up it's just piling up and it's not piling up because you're creating it. it's like okay when i started here my caseload was this and now it's that and then i got all of these curveballs because i do such a good job so i need you now oh man you worked you did a you did a great job that's when you get your compliment too by the way you did a great job on that other thing. You think you could do this for me? You know, and being a person in the helping business, you want to help. Of course, I want to help. Of course, I yeah. want to be a part of the team that makes these things happen. Oh, and, and what happened for me is I got sick. I got sick twice. I had two surgeries and I was still slugging it through and my moment where I stopped was a person, the person that I sat next to, the woman that hired me passed away, you know, at work. And she was this lady that everybody liked. She was sweet. And she was the epitome of, and this is my own opinion, she was the epitome of just Someone who brings a light to work, someone who is come early, stay late, take on any job because she had about five jobs. You know she what did. I mean? Yes. And what I saw with her was I sat next to her for 14 years. She hired me. My cubicle was always right outside her office. I saw her the day before and she was working a whole nother job and she didn't look like herself. And it was three in the afternoon. I had to go pick up a computer because of COVID and all that stuff. And I was still slugging it out. I was like, you know, God, tell, tell me you need to leave. You need to leave. But I'm still slugging it out. I'm, you know, at that point, I was really small. I had lost a bunch of weight and uh, kind of just sickly, but healing. And I'm listening to three different managers ask me for three different things in three different ways and don't either one of them, when you give it to them, they don't even know what you're giving them. And I could ask them right now to this day, I still know more about it than they, I could ask them right now. It's been a whole year and I know they don't know any more now than they knew then. I know it for a fact, you know, but this was who I was giving my life to. This is who yeah. I'm stealing from my kids because if I go into an early grave, then, and that's just going back to this person, the person passed away the next day. She passed away the next morning and I couldn't believe it. I really, it, and I've experienced a lot of death in my family and I've seen young people die from a lot of different things, but this was a person who you, I mean, you know, what I'm talking about. She could get up and go run a marathon and you wouldn't even doubt it. Like I'm watching this person like they're pitting me to help, you know, 
granola and just all of this like man i want to be as i was one of the things i used to say i want to be like you when i grow up i want to be like mm-hmm. you when i grow up and that person passing away like that and my own health struggles that i never had before made me wake up that was the wake up call that was the yeah. ding, yeah. ding 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 you, you're gonna die because a year ago they was cutting you open for one thing a year later, you know, you got, you know, cancer, the big C. That's like the worst thing that can happen to you. And you still up here trying to satisfy people who they don't even know what you do. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what you do. They don't. If you sit down with them and talk to them about what you they don't know. They're directing you on all these paths and your environment is really screwed up. You're not. This is not an opportunity for me to be the best person that I can. So I'm running into a lot of frustration. I'm having a lot of anxiousness and irritability towards people because I feel like they're hindering me from doing my job. And then is the environment is what's messed up. It's like this is not conducive to, you know, success. This is just you're on you're a hamster on that wheel. Running, you're not going in any direction because everything is the same. It's always either it's a new project or where's this at? We don't have enough resources for this. It's like, and, and the thing that really, and I found this out later, but after back to the story with this person, she passed away, and I was in a, uh, I had an exchange with some of the people that we work with in our vendor community, and it hadn't been a good week and she was, they were kind of like, well, you know, we miss her, this, that, and the third, but where's this at and how do we go forward with that? And that made me feel like, man, my kids are going to miss me. Her kids miss her. Yeah. She never going to see her grandkids and stuff like that. Her husband miss her. And here I am trying to satisfy and this person was excellent they was about as you can get you know i know people can say whatever they want to say about me but this person right here about as perfect as you can get and she's irreplaceable to the people who love her right she's irreplaceable and that place they don't love you i mean i'm not trying to it's just i watched how everything transitioned and then and the person <laughs> asked well, where is this at? Like, well, hey, we got it. Like, we are fortunate. As if life, life just goes on. Yeah, know, it just went on. Um, and so, and so for you who are, is observing all of this, you know, can can you tell us some some things that you began to take action on for yourself after that? Well, after that, it was she passed in in early uh, November, and. It was a week later, I got the email and it was for one of our areas. And when I read that, I said, you know what? This is for the birds. This is for the birds. Cause somebody this invaluable, I wanted to respond and it's not my place. You know, I'm not, but it's, I wanted to respond cause I just read the thread. And I want to respond and say, hey, you know, go sit down somewhere. 
we're still grieving. I know this is an agency or whatever, but all of that that you're worried about will be taken care of because we've been doing this. You know, it's like you, 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 I just got to see a lot. When you work in quality, you get to see a lot of working parts. And it's just like this person here is, you know, let's get over that. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that, I put in my letter of resignation. I put in my letter of resignation because it was like, here I am battling to keep this job and 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 do this, complete this mission. And number one, is there really a mission? Mm-hmm. You know, because I know what we're supposed to do, but if we don't have the resources to do it, if we don't have the bullets, if we don't have the tanks, if we don't have the, the supplies, why are we, if we don't have the personnel, we're going to send two people over here to take over a whole country. You know, like it's, you know, like you, uh, <laughs> like yeah. it's a Jack Reacher or something like this is the reality. Like you have people who they are working their buds off and it's, there's no, there's really no reason why. Like I had to assess myself, like, cause I'm looking at her, but I'm looking at me. I'm looking at her. It's a picture of my kid on her wall in her office. You know, my so kids know who really she is. Really close. Yeah. Really close relationship. Yeah. I can imagine. I can just really imagine what her family is experiencing. Like, and what I got the, I was like, how dare you? And then I'm waiting on somebody to fight or defend or say, hey, or whatever. But it, that wasn't the tone. That wasn't the tone. The tone was, oh, we know how, you know, it was more conciliatory and we want to be responsive to these businesses and stuff like that. And and that's when I just, man, this is not Microsoft. This is not, this is not my own business. I can go out and it, it, this is, the mission is ended. It's time for me to find uh, uh, something else to do. And it's time for me to embrace that change. A lot of people are afraid of change. That's another thing. We would rather stay, right? We would rather stay in this distressed mode um, because of the fear of change. And, you know, for you who, um, you know, who chose to step out of that um, environment, um, what is it like what was it like for you? Did you feel the effects right away upon exiting this position, this organization, or did it take some time to, um, you know, to, I guess you can say recover? Mm, I, I Honestly, what I felt because the way my transition was, they, it was treated like considering I worked there for 14 years the way they responded towards me was they cut off all my access to anybody. So I couldn't send any emails or anything. They paid me. I gave notice, but they paid me a whole month for free. Basically, they just gave me a month of pay towards or whatever it was. They were like, you know, this is for the COVID and for this and that and the other. But basically, once I sent my letter in, there was like no transition, no out processing, no, 
you know, hey, because that was I had offered to train whoever was coming in next, this, that, and the third. It was almost like it was oppositional, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like how dare, how dare you leave the flock? How dare you preserve yourself? How dare you not drop dead here? And that's and that's just the truth of it. That's just the reality of it. Like you're not trying to preserve me. So I have a duty to preserve me because at the end of the day, that's the first question. Every every person that goes to work, you should ask, you, who do you work for? Yeah. You know, who do you work for? If, if you're not saying, well, I work for my kid. I work for my husband. I work for my wife. I work for me. I work for that's who you work for. You know, you work for these folks. And if you're not taking the measures to take care of yourself, you know, they are going to lose a very, very valuable employee. Your child is going to lose a very valuable, the most valuable employee that they have is mom and dad. And if you don't make it home because you are overloaded and you're not taking into account the gigantic load that you're bearing and it's crushing you. Cause again, it's not a lot of times we, we think that burnout is because, you know, something we're doing wrong and it's the environment Mm -hmm. because once you start looking at the environment and the things that need to be there and they're not there, then that becomes the question. Well, why isn't that thing there? Mm -hmm. Why isn't that thing happening? And the person who, I speak of that past from what I've heard now it's not a hundred percent verified, but from what I heard and what I saw her job was split up into a lot of different jobs. It's not just one job anymore. So that in and of itself lets you know, this was a huge load to bear. And until this person expired, that wasn't even taken into consideration. Like how do we get this person some help? Right. How do we get this person, because they are the epitome of team player, they are the epitome of I'm willing to go the extra mile, they are the epitome of dedication, we exploit that. Yeah. And with that, what can you tell us about, you know, as we're as we're coming to a close, you know, from what I'm hearing from you is that sometimes we just have to really check in with ourselves and look at the environment and how it's affecting our, um, affecting us, affecting our very person, you know, mm-hmm. our uh, physically, emotionally, um, and, and mentally. And also, you know, we, we tend to, like you said, keep on going, keep on going until, I mean, God forbid it's too late or we're mm-hmm. getting to that point. And so what have you been doing? Um, you know, since then oh um, abs- um your- i uh i retired i uh cashed in on some investments um i relocated you know i still have a, a a place where i worked at but what i did was i assessed the value of everything around me awesome. and i started taking stock of what i have and i started using the things that i have to alleviate my stress. I started focusing on de-stressing. I started focusing on creating an environment for myself that was therapeutic. And I started doing self-care. Not You can't do self-care 
if you're underwater, if you're drowning, I was talking to a, a lifeguard the other day, a lady, she was a lifeguard in, uh, I think it was Santa Barbara or Malibu, Malibu, somewhere like that, but she was like one of those, the whole Baywatch thing, lifeguards, and, and we was having a conversation, and she was telling me that, and this is something I never knew, but this is somebody who saves lives for a living. She said sometimes when she would go out as a woman and she'd get somebody that was actually drowning, she'd have to elbow them. Like, I've heard that. Like <laughs> pop them in the face with her elbow to shock them into allowing them to, for her, allowing her to save their lives. Because wow. they're drowning. They are in crisis. They flapping and they trying to and the very people that are trying to come and help them, they fighting them off because they're in crisis and they're not cool and calm and relaxed and they're going to drown because they're fighting something that is so much bigger than them and it's taking them under. And she says, as you know, a person that was saving someone's life, I had to initiate this shock. Like I give them, a, you know, I'm, I'm there because they're trying to drown me too. At this point, if they get a hold of me and you know they, you know, but I'd have to bop, give them one in the face, <laughs> and somehow I was like, the first thing I don't know if you ever seen Major Plan, Major Pain, but there's a, a Major Pain where this guy is seeing where the guy is shot up. He's like, oh my back, my he got shot somewhere, and Major Pain says, I I got something there to fix that. And he was like, oh, and he was like, give me a hand, and he give his hand. And the guy, uh, he break the guy's finger. And the guy, oh, my hand, my finger. But the thing about it is, is he transitioned. If you look at it psychologically, if you're worried about a bullet wound to your abdomen and you go in a shop, you're going to have a greater chance probably of expiring because your body is, your blood is pumping and all that. But if you break your finger, it's going to be pain and it's going to hurt. But you know in your mind, I'm not going to die from a broken finger. You know what I mean? How you shift that yeah. focus. And that's what we have to do. We have to shift our focus so that we can address the things in our life that are they, they're taking us under. And that's what I did. I, I I can say this. They didn't disappoint me. You know, as far as when I resigned, they didn't dis who I thought and what I thought it manifested because I did not, you know, I did not get the response of someone who you feel like oh you guys care or this or that or the other and I learned from that point you have to care for yourself you have to right. listen to yourself you have to call it what it is it's not stress it's distress you know because there's a big difference between you know what I'm saying I'm standing in the middle of a tropical storm and the wind is blowing me and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it to shelter and it's stressful, but I'm moving towards that shelter and then I'll be secure. Then I'm in a I'm in a pool of water and I'm going under and I'm in a tropical storm. And the, the, the only shelter is within it's you know, it's a thousand feet away. That's distress. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times because it, it takes its toll. Um, in increments, we ignore it. We ignore it until some people it comes all at once. It just hits you all at one time. Like you might not feel too good, or you might, and then boom, 
you out of here for what, however way. Or other people, it'll be, you know, something's going on here and something going on there. And it's just taking its toll. But yeah. it's your responsibility to ask you, who do I work for? Okay, I work for my son. I got a, I, my youngest is 13. He still lives with me. I work for him, you know. And if for any reason daddy don't come home because I'm not assessing what's my environment, you know, if I see cars speeding and zipping by me, I'm not going to race them. I'm going to pull over into a slower lane where I can drive comfortably and reduce my risk. You know, yeah. if I see a bank getting robbed, I'm not going to use their ATM. You know, I like, oh, I can wait to buy that pizza. You know, if, you know, I, I look on the news and they say, hey, don't drink the water. The water is toxic. You know, I'm going to buy some bottle. I'm going to do things to maintain my health and safeguard myself and ensure my survival but we get in work and all of this stuff because it seems psychological but you're drowning you're in distress if you start your day and you don't start it feeling like you're going to accomplish something today if you start it i'm behind and if you've been behind for more than 30 days more than 60 days more than 90 days, more than 180 days, you're in distress. Yeah. And you're really in distress if you have somebody standing over you reminding you that you're behind. If they're holding your livelihood in the balance and, you know, hey, you know, because that's what I see. What am I going to do? What am I going to do if I can't pay my bills? And the reality is you probably haven't even looked at your assets because your assets We'll take care of you. You know what I mean? It's just you're stuck on this mission yeah. and you have to yeah. evaluate where you're at and if you can accomplish it or not. And you have to be OK with I know what I want to accomplish and I have to be OK with I done my best. I have to be OK with I evaluate myself. I assess myself. I am a professional. I trust myself. Therefore, I listen to myself. You know, you have to be OK with not not making the ultimate sacrifice you know you have to be okay with that because other people really need you and most times it's not the people where you you know you sit in the cubicle next you to work theirs for yeah right? they they yeah. don't you're just sorry let me you're just uh, uh you're part of that environment and it's up to you to recognize that I am important to me. I am important to my son, Neil. I'm important to Neil. I'm important to my mom, Shirley. I'm important to all of these people. So I have to take care of myself. I have to do the best I can for myself so that I can be there for them. And, you, I, but I'm not important. Usually, I don't care where you work, you're not as important as you think you are. <laughs> that's just you, you no matter who you are you know i got 12 badges you know right. they will find somebody to replace you and yeah and so we better we, we like thank you so much for all of these um nuggets that you've shared because i know that it will make a difference in someone who is listening who is um who is in really um at risk of, you know, mm -hmm. burning out. So, so Tambora with, um, 
thank you so much for all of this, um, all of this that you've shared and thank mm -hmm. you for your time here. And it's not a, it's not an easy subject to talk about, but I think that it's, it's good to have some, um, to bring up some awareness of what mm -hmm. burnout is and what, what kind of impact it can have on an individual life. So oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for shedding light on this because it is definitely something that we all, we, we take it for granted. And, we do. and when you shed light on it, it makes us think, you know, you're making me think like I, it's, it, that's where you start is thinking. So thank you. Thank you for shedding light on it. And it is a very valid topic, especially in the times that we're in. So thank you so much. Hey, real quick, if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to thank me is by leaving an iTunes review. If you're listening to me right now on your iPhone, simply scroll down, click write a review within the podcast, and voila, you'll get a chance to click five stars and type in how the podcast has helped you. You can also access iTunes on your computer if you're not an iPhone user by downloading the iTunes app. Also, I offer virtual organizing, and that means we get to hop on Zoom together wherever you are, and I can help you organize your space for a fraction of a price that you would spend hiring an in-person organizer. Contact me by email, hello at organizewithgrace.com, so you and I can get started. I offer a free 15-minute assessment to see if we're a good match to work together. So get on it, girl! Stop being stuck on your organizing journey. I'll help you walk forward so you can finish that organizing project that you've been procrastinating on. No judgment here. I've done it myself. But you know what I'm talking about, girl. All right. Can't wait to talk to you. Bye.